All right, folks, welcome to the podcast. I'd like to first off apologize to everyone for the extended break in the podcast feeds. I've been out for quite a bit with some travel and wasn't able to get these uh, podcasts loaded up. But anyhow, we're back, and uh, this episode will be episode 10, and we're going to talk to Derek and Charis York about the Coastal Brigade program and um, what that's about, how kids can apply. So um, I think you're in for a treat with this podcast. Also, coming up in late March, March the 26th through 31st, is the Gulf of Mexico Summit. We put a little um, we put a little write up in the CCA Currents on this deal. But if you're interested in, in attending this this uh, week long event, go to www.sgmsummit.org, and this will be um, a week long focus on restoration projects that are going to be occurring in and around the Gulf of Mexico. Um, all these restoration projects are centered uh, around uh, restoring the Texas coast as a result from the BP oil spill. Also, in early March, we've got the Houston Fishing Show coming up March 8th through 12th. So, hope uh, most of you can make it out to that. I know CCA will be there with the booth. Um, there's going to be a lot of great vendors, fishing guides. There's going to be some great seminars put on. Um, that's always a really good show. So, hope some of y'all can make it make it to that. So with that said, I just want to, uh, again, apologize for the for the delay in this these podcasts, and here we go. All right, folks, welcome to the Coastal Advocacy Adventures podcast. We are in uh, Galveston, Texas, at the phenomenal Sea Star Camp. Uh, we, got a, we got a big group here. This is probably the biggest group of folks we've had in on a podcast, so this is going to be a little, little exciting for me. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Sea Star Camp and um, Coastal Brigades today. So with me are, are the dynamic duo of Charis and David uh, Derek York. <laughs> Sorry, Derek. Um, Spence McNamara and his father, Ron. And David, what was your last name? Delapena. Delapena. And David actually works here at the facility. So David, why don't we start with you? Give us a uh, little background on yourself. And uh, yeah, then just tell us about this awesome facility. All right, uh, I'm David Delpena. I'm the Assistant Director of Programs here at Sea Star Base Galveston. Uh, my background is I have a, a Bachelor's of Science in Environmental Studies with a focus in informal environmental education from Towson University. That's uh, just north of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, and then when I finished that, I worked at a wilderness therapy program for a, a year up in Wisconsin. And I came down here to Galveston to do my Master's in Marine Resource Management at TAMUG. And when I finished that, I, I started working here at Sea uh, Star Base Galveston to do their educational programming. Tamug is Texas A&M University. Yes, I'm Gallison. sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> like, what is Tamug? Yes. Yeah, that's uh, just here on Pelican Island off of Galveston Island. Mm-hmm. Neat, neat. So um, this is your first first job out of grad school, right? Out of grad school, of yes. Grad school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so tell us about this place. Uh, so like I said, this is Sea Star Base Galveston, formerly known as Sea Scout Base Galveston. Um, this facility... Um, began, this nonprofit began back in 2010, and it was very small, didn't have all the big buildings here and everything. It just did a, a few very small summer camps for Boy Scouts. Um, and then we got this big, giant LEED Platinum certified building. They finished it in 2015. Um, they've been doing Boy Scout summer camp programs every year. 
but we do a lot of other stuff besides that. We have a U.S. Sailing Community Sailing Center here, and we do a lot of our own educational programs as well. Um, hey, Ron, turn that. Make sure that one's off, please. Is it off? You can keep it off. Make sure it's off. Sorry. I'm still trying to figure this little machine out sometimes. So um, y'all run all sorts of camps. Um, yep. Any time of the year, or is it all focused? Uh, most of our main camp activities happen in the summer, but we also run some uh, overnight overnight events for private companies and organizations that all all year round. So we've uh, had some Boy Scouts come and done stuff during the the school year. Like we had the Sea Scouts come for a Sea Scout Academy in mid January a few weeks ago, um, and then we've had um, the Houston Choir Children's Choir come stay here uh, at in may and we've had uh, weddings they use um overnight facilities and we've had call collegiate regattas here and uh, high school regattas here so they come in from all over the country and they stay here and they do some some races and uh we've had uh some corporate retreats too as well mm-hmm. at this place we you yep. you took you took us around on a tour before mm-hmm. we sat down to record and um Charis had mentioned we got to get here before you know, before we start, so you can have a look at this place, and I'm glad she did because this is unbelievable. I mean, this is a really, like you mentioned, it's state-of-the-art facility, but seeing is believing, and um, I can't believe what I'm seeing. This is really, really cool. Thank you. Um, talk about the building, okay, um, and and let folks know what it has to offer, and and just some of the neat things we had walked through earlier. Okay, uh, so this building is five stories tall, and then on the roof, you can kind of call it the sixth floor, there's two roof gardens there. Um, so I said before, this building is Platinum LEED certified. So LEED is Leadership in Environmental uh, Energy and Environmental Design, um, and Platinum is the highest level you can get, so that it makes this the most environmentally friendly building in Texas, since it's the only Platinum LEED certified building. Um, up here on the fifth floor is where we have our uh, three conference rooms and one big uh, event space we call a Commodore room which can fit 333 people and the the business side of half of the building the, the entire floor is all recycled tire and then in the construction of the building we use just about all recycled material or locally obtained material which that definition for lead is within 500 miles of the facility site so the the concrete the steel um, the the drywall all that kind of stuff they got recycled in the insulation as well and then we have um, four 25,000 gallon rainwater collect collecting cisterns two on each side of the building that we use for irrigating our lawns and then this building is also a hurricane shelter so a category four hurricane just the windows blowing from the pressure but no structural damage category three no damage at all so that was one of the reasons why they wanted to build it so well because it, so it could be somewhere in Galveston that people could go to if they needed it. Yeah, we were joking down <laughs> below before we had started, and like you could just imagine the news reporters down there behind the columns doing their reporting <laughs> because it's like the safest place to be mm-hmm. around here. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the columns because there is something environmentally friendly about the columns too. So they were built, um, when you saw them, they were square concrete pillars, but inside of it, it's almost completely hollow with some styrofoam in there and then a whole bunch of rebar poles so that lessens the physical impact it has on the ground which uh, lessens the compaction of the soil which reduces erosion and runoff 
fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Um, I used to be involved in some small projects in my uh, career with uh, Parks and Wildlife, and um, they talk about lead certification a lot for for new buildings, but it, nothing, nothing on <laughs> this level. I mean, um, it's impressive. It's impressive. Y'all floating docks. We're looking out mm-hmm. the windows over off its bayou here. So um, y'all got um, all sorts of vessels. Want to talk about that briefly? Uh, yeah, so we do a lot here with teaching people how to sail. It's one of the, the purposes of this building. So what we use to teach people how to sail are sonars, 23-foot sonars. Uh, they don't have any sort of engine or anything, just wind power. Um, and we have seven of those that we use to teach people how to sail. So with that, that's part of our community sailing department, and people can be get, a, get a membership to that community sailing department and come out and use the sonars whenever they want as uh, soon as they've been checked out by our community sailing staff on it. So if you're a member and you've been checked out, you can come any time of the day as long as there's one of our staff here to, to come out and sail weekends, days, doesn't matter. Um, so we also offer U.S. Sailing's basic keelboat certification, which is a three-day course. And once you've passed that and you're a member, you can take out one of our big sailboats. So we have a few 35-plus-foot uh, sailboats. I think our biggest one is about 50-something feet. So once you're, you're checked out with that basic keelboat certification and uh, gone through some just checklist stuff with our staff, they'll let you take out the big sailboats, too, for a little cruise around Galveston Bay. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. And then we also do a schooner Sunday as part of our community sailing um, department. So every Sunday, our staff will take out one of the uh, the big sailboats and if you don't know how to sail at all, but you want to go on a big sailboat to cruise around, that's a great way to do it. You hop on there. They leave 1230 every Sunday, weather permitting, of course, and they'll go just around the Galveston Ship Channel and point out some of the cool history of the area, some of the cool uh, birds and other animals and plants that live around there, and they'll, they'll talk about that and then come back. They usually get back around 430 on the Sundays. So just an average Joe off the street, if they wanted to do that, should they call and reserve a spot? Or? Definitely, yeah. And if you're not a member, it's $25 per person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about the, you, know, you briefly mentioned it, mentioned it, but talk about the membership and what how folks, um, if they want to get in, involved or participate in events out here, what's the best way to, to do that? So the best way to do that is uh, to contact our community sailing director, Mike Genota. And uh, I believe his contact information can be found on our, our website, ssbgalveston.org. And he's the one that you can contact to become a member or to get on our community sailing member newsletter, which will have a whole bunch of information about our events and volunteer opportunities. And you'll like send, that. like, email updates out to, mm-hmm. to folks that sign up? Yeah, I think they send it out every couple of weeks. Okay. Or whenever there's a big event coming, they'll send out reminders about it. Yeah. So something that um, we do second Friday of every month is called Wine Share. So that's a free event right now. Uh, you just bring your bottle of wine. Um, if it's just you, just bring one every other time you go. Or if it's you and a friend, just bring one. You just come in there and put it with a big pile of other wine bottles, and you can uh, talk to other people. You can network. You can um, have some hors d'oeuvres if the host is providing them and just get to know some people and find out about what events. For example, this one that's tonight, actually, is hosted by Smart Family Literacy, a nonprofit here on the island that is focused on getting people, uh, underserved people, how to read and, and all that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Anything else you want to tell us about this uh, uh, facility? Oh, yes. Um, I want to talk about some of our educational programs. And one thing we use for our educational programming is the Base Mart Express, which is a 111-foot modified crew boat. 
So we take uh, K through 12 school groups out through uh, the Galveston Ship Channel and talk about the history and the industry and the environment on it. Um, and that program's called STEM to Stern. So we've done that with uh, Ball High here on the island and Austin Middle School and Oppie Elementary School. And then um, we're also going to start working with Port Houston to be offering those STEM to Stern to the maritime high schools and academies in the area. Um, and some other educational programs that we do are some summer camps. One is uh, U.S. Sailing's REACH, which is U.S. Sailing's STEM education program. STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. And uh, that curriculum is written by U.S. Sailing, and it's going to be implemented by us in a two-week summer camp, uh, one, one week back-to-back. -back. And that's for ages 13 and up, so they'll learn how to sail. They'll learn all about the STEM concepts behind sailing, behind the aquatic environments, and about the physics of how sailboats work. And they'll get a basic keelboat certification with that. Um, something else we offer is uh, Texas Boater Education, which is required for anyone born September 1st, 1993 or later. It's a state requirement mm -hmm. if they want to op operate a motor vessel or a, a sailboat, I believe, over 14 feet. Um, that, that might not be the correct length, but uh, you need that certification in order to operate vessels. And it's... It's a really good idea if you don't fit in that age range anyway, because you wouldn't go out driving without knowing the road. Right, the road. right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's something that we offer here. It's much more entertaining than taking the six-hour online course. And that part of that is a uh, cruise around on the Basemart Express, too. And we also offer educational programming for, for K-12 through school groups that are on-land focused. So we're writing four curriculum for that, a curriculum about beach erosion and beach renourishment, Another one about marine debris and uh, watersheds. Another one about oyster ecology. And then another one that incorporates uh, STEM and sailing into it. And we're going to debut those in the fall of this year as teacher workshops. And then also as uh, actual trips for schools to come out and do. Yep. Talk about oysters. I, mm -hmm. you could, I could see you guys doing, whether it's oysters or, or educational programs revolved around um, fish but you've got mm -hmm. the setup and you've got the space yeah. you've got an outdoor pavilion mm -hmm. um, yeah. and I've been using that with um, Oppie Elementary's fourth grade GT class Oppie Elementary is a school here on Galveston Island so they've been coming out once a month since September and I'll be teaching them a different marine science marine biology topic so in September I taught them about fish biology and we looked at different types of fishes and how the mouth shape the the body shape the fin shape can determine where they live and what they eat we dissected some fish uh, and then in October, that we went aboard the Base Mart and went around Galveston Bay and took uh, water samples and tested water quality, and they learned about why that's important for the bay. And then in November, they learned about invertebrates, and they dissected some oysters, and they learned about why crabs are important. And, uh, and then in December, they learned about the technology that is used to study marine science and marine biology, and they got a chance to play with our ROV in the pool. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> yeah. And then in January, they learned about marsh ecology and how marshes are essential to keep Galveston Island safe from storms and erosion. And, mm -hmm. of course, you guys in CCA know the importance <coughs> of marshes, nursery areas. Yeah. Um, and then uh, just this past Wednesday, they came out and learned about plankton. We had one of, uh, the, one of the PhDs at TAMUG, Texas A&M University at Galveston, come out and talk to them about plankton and show them how to do plankton toes and identify some plankton under a microscope yeah this is it's just awesome stuff mm -hmm. and um any I, I can't imagine being 
back in elementary school and having a place like this to come to yeah. for field trips or for educational programs. These kids that get to do this, I think are spoiled. I mean, it's just really these, neat, neat place. These kids are crazy smart. They're asking questions about salt marshes. I didn't think a fourth grader would, would even think to ask. It's their critical thinking skills are out of this world. That's great. That's great. Well, um, let, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. One of the, one of the things y'all do have here in the summer camps, one of those summer camps is what we're here to talk about today. And that's the coastal brigade program. And so, um, we'll start, I guess, with, uh, Shars and Derek. Why don't y'all tell us what is coastal brigades, how it began and, um, who, who's who's involved? Uh, what's the network of organizations and partners that, that make up the Coastal Brigades? So Coastal Brigade is part of the Texas Brigades uh, youth camp organizations. So Texas Brigades has eight camps across the state of Texas, and they are focused on conservation and leadership um, and really trying to develop our next generation of conservation leaders. They're intensive, hands-on camps, um, and each one has a specific area of focus. So the eight camps, there's two that focus on bobwhite quail, two that focus on deer, um, the waterfowl camp, the bass brigade, the coastal brigade, and the ranch brigade. And each camp is run by its own group and its own steering committee. And so they have been developed at different periods of time. The Rolling Plains Bobwhite Brigade was the first one, and it's celebrating its 25th year of camp this summer. So Texas Brigades has been around for about 25 years. Coastal Brigade is the newest camp. We've had one camp. Last summer was our inaugural camp, um, and we're getting ready for our second uh, battalion this summer. And Derek, you've been involved, both of you have been involved from the beginning. I mean, y'all were, are y'all the founders of the Coastal Brigades? Yeah. I guess you could say that. You know, we we got um, asked back in late 2009 to help out with Bass Brigade um, and, and started there and spent about, I guess, six, six summers working Bass Brigade as instructors. And I think one of the things that we always thought of is, you know, they're still missing a, uh, the coast. We have all these other programs within brigades, and really to kind of come full circle, I think, you know, in, in my mind is – this is the last spot, you know, the Texas coast and what it has to offer and, and why we need to um, to promote the education on that to these kids and stuff. And so Coastal Brigade was really started. I guess we really ramped up in 2015 working towards that goal and um, made it happen. And it's been a huge success, you know, way above what I think we thought it was going to turn into. So um, we had um, some great group of kids in the first year and um i know i'll be a little biased i think it's probably the best group that we've worked with um but we one of the things that me and charis really had talked about when starting the coastal brigade was all the other camps are very um rural settings you know they're you know different parts south and central and west texas this was the first time we had a brigades program near an urban environment so we had a lot of people that we could reach out to mm-hmm. in promoting, getting kids from the urban setting in, into um, the program. And, and I think we did a good job of that and are really working to increase those numbers and, and get get the info out. Um, we had 
we had a kid from Virginia last year attend Coastal Brigade. We had um, a couple girls from over near El Paso. Um, quite a few from the Houston area and Central Texas. Um, you know, pretty broad spectrum. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think that was it was really cool getting to see, you know, talk to the kids where they're from. And some have never seen the ocean before. So getting to come down here to Galveston, you know, it's like the farthest they've ever been away from home. You know, so that's... That was kind of special. How think, did they? So. How did someone from out of state hear hear about it? Did they have a relative that's um, close by that heard about it, or is it? They had been involved with brigades in the past. Okay, um, but we've had several. Um, almost at every camp, we have one or two kids that are from out of state. Um, so they'd done like a bass or a bobcat brigade. Yeah. They heard, um, okay. Somebody's mentioned to them, you know. Yeah. Um, and we've got, I think, a couple potential kids maybe in Florida. Hopefully, they'll maybe come this year. Okay. Um, but um, they've got to apply, and, and that's the, the main thing is getting those applications in. Which Yeah, so all of the brigades in Coastal Brigade are not your typical youth camp. They're not the kind of camp that, you know, oh, we have 500 spots. Anyone can come and first come, first serve. This is a camp that um, it is intended for um, kids who are looking for an intensive experience. We only take 30 cadets at Coastal Brigade. Um, and you have to apply and get in. And the application includes two short essays that you have to write. Um, and we look at your, your grades and your transcripts and all of those sorts of things that, you know, we want kids coming here who, um, who want to be here, who want that hands-on experience um, and are going to take that message that we, we teach them at camp back to their communities and help be an ambassador for, um, for the Texas coast. And so... I think one one of the things with the application, um, try to tell people is you know most summer camps are expensive. Yeah. I mean it costs money to put these things on. Um, the tuition expense for any of the eight brigade camps is five hundred dollars, so that'll cover everything they need for the week: food, lodging, all the materials, and everything. Um, but money will never stop a cadet once from they're accepted able. from being able to attend. So we have a lot of sponsors and donors that donate specifically to help offset those tuition costs. Um, and we really try to get the cadets once they're accepted and in, into the camp, we provide them with information to go out and certain groups to ask, you know, to help sponsor mm-hmm. their tuition um, cost. And, and most of them, if they need it, you know, they'll get at least half of it. If not, you know, more yeah. covered. We even um, had a cadet last year whose family put on a bake sale to help raise some of their, their funding yeah. to come to camp. Um, so I thought that was pretty yeah. ingenuitive on their part to be willing to, to do a bake sale right. to come to camp. <laughs> yep. So um, there's always ways, you know. Um, well, $500 is that, a st- so. After seeing this place and then hearing you guys talk about it um, while we were walking around, that's a steal. Oh, yeah. You know, the food's good. Well, and the reason we keep the size of the camps so small, you know, only 30, is because of the hands-on things that we do, is you couldn't do the things that we do if you had, you know, 200, 300, 400 um, kids. So some of the things that we do is Parks and Wildlife is one of our big sponsors, um, our big uh, partners for camp, um, and they bring out their boats. And so we took the kids out um, on the Parks and Wildlife boats last year. They got to see a side-scan sonar in action. They got to pull dredges and trawls, um, see the type of sampling that Parks and Wildlife does to monitor our bay systems. And they got to do all of that firsthand. Um, and so those aren't, you know, big boats that Parks and Wildlife uses. They're small boats. And so yeah. 
um, all of those really hands-on experiences that, I mean, you probably haven't met very many 16-year-olds who've gotten to do a side scan sonar before. So it's some pretty cool stuff that these kids are are getting to do at camp. Um, we took them over and we toured the, the NOAA Sea Turtle Lab. We went down to Sea Center, Texas and got um, a behind the scenes tour and they got to see how, how we grow fish to release out into um, the bays in Texas. Um, toured the Flower Gardens office and had a nice presentation there. Um, and of course, you know, like she said, Sea Center, you know, your old stomping grounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think one of the other uh, cool things that I think everybody really enjoyed was we went to the state park on um, towards the end of the week. Galveston Island State yeah, Park. Gal- Galveston Island State Park and um, had some help from the Master Naturals. Galveston County came out and we did kind of a, a beach versus bay dynamic and mm-hmm. sampling on the bay side um, in the water with kick nets and, and seines and stuff and doing some water quality and then going over and basically swapping out and going to the beach and doing some sanding and, and digging around in the sand and, and seeing the different critters that they can they can collect. And uh, um, so everybody was always in and out of the water. They had a lot of fun doing that. And, um, and this is, you know, a conservation and leadership camp, but you can't be this close to the water without going fishing. So, <laughs> you know, we, um, we try to give them some fishing skills, uh, teach them how to fly cast, how to tie flies. Um, and then we, we get to do some fishing here at, at Sea Star Base. We, uh, we did a little fishing tournament last year and um, get the kids out fishing a little bit too. I'm hearing all this and I'm thinking like a college kid, I say kid, a college student, getting out of college if they had all this on their resume who would not want or what who would not want to at least take a hard look at them for for a position i mean it seems like you guys are offering just a not only a, a breadth of experiences but you you drill down into detail on some things and it's just great for these kids to have this kind of under their belt or going before they even go into college and um I'm sure for some it, it really helps them say, oh, yes, I want to study marine science. Or maybe some, like, maybe marine science is not for me. Maybe I'll just do, you know, environmental science or do something else. But it seems like you're doing this. This offers not only just a great experience, but an opportunity for kids to think about what they want to go into school and study and, um, you know, where their life, where, the, where their um, career or education may lead. So I think it's phenomenal yeah and, that, and that's some of the big topics we really you know try to get in is the, the the team building the leadership and definitely public speaking you know when i was a kid i never wanted to stand up in front and talk to talk to people you know even still today you know you get a little nervous talking to big groups and stuff but these kids will come and it's like i've seen it in almost every camp, you know, like a light bulb goes off like the second or third day, and these kids can stand up talk in front of a thousand people, doesn't face them, you know, like Spence here, um, you know, and it's really incredible to see, to see that, and you know, kind of gives you hope for the future, um, and uh, it's a great experience for them. You talk about experience and job resumes and stuff like that, definitely, you know, everybody that, um, you know, I work at Parks and Wildlife, and I always tell people, is like. To get your foot in the door, you've got to have something that makes you stand out. And Brigades definitely offers that. Um, no matter what camp you go to, you won't get that experience anywhere else. Yeah. So, 
And the cool thing about Texas Brigades is while they are focused on conservation, and like you said, they could help you maybe decide that this is the career path you want to take or that it's not, is, you know, CCA members know this, is that we need conservation advocates who are not in the field, that you don't have to be a professional biologist to care about the conservation. We need people in all fields. You know, we need lawyers and doctors and dentists and, and accountants who care about um, about the Texas coast. And so no matter what these kids do when they grow up, they will leave with that ethic um, that we've talked to them about. And they, they will have this experience to take with them and know why um, the coast is so important and why they should care about it um, and, and have the... Uh, um, the skills to go out and talk to people about that and convey to other people why they should care about the coast, um, no matter what profession they choose as, as they move forward in their life. That's very well said and so true, so true. I um, I meant to, I, I forgot to ask, um, just real brief, Charles, why don't you give us your background, um, where you work, what you do. Obviously, you and Derek are our husband, uh, wife and husband, husband and wife, so... Um, How's yeah. that work out in the brigade? <laughs> in the brigade, I mean, do y'all ever like? So a- after a week here together, y'all like, ah, oh, <laughs> we're always doing different tasks, so okay, I don't see each other as much as you would think, but that's right. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so um, I'm an extension program specialist with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service and Texas Sea Grant. So in my day-to-day work, I do stormwater quality and watershed planning uh, type work. And so at camp, I get to teach the sections about watersheds and about water quality. Um, my degrees are in biology and botany, and so I get to teach plant of the day um, oh. and do a little botany at camp, too, um, which is obviously the coolest thing that they're going to do at camp. <laughs> um, forget about all these boats and fish. It's the plants, guys. Yeah. Come on. Everyone loves my stuff. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's what I bring to camp. And Captain Derek? Um, yep. Uh from Oklahoma, um, went to Oklahoma State, got a bachelor's degree in uh, wildlife and fisheries ecology up there, met Charis while she was getting her master's degree up there, and um, uh, we got married in 03, and I think one of the funniest things is we kind of decided how we end up here in Texas, um, you know, she's uh, getting her master's and all this, and we're like, well, whoever gets the job first, that's where we're going to move, you know, and never would have dreamt it would have been me um, <laughs> you know, i think i'd applied for six positions at parks mall they just come off a hiring freeze at the time this mm-hmm. is back in 04 and um got the call and we didn't really know what to do except to say yes and and we were scared out of our minds you know <laughs> never really having a real job before and uh um that was that you know we probably never had to look back yeah, so we love it down here. Um, but I work for Parks and Wildlife, the Coastal Fisheries Division. Um, I'm the lead technician for Galveston Bay, so I'm kind of in charge of all the scheduling and, and just making sure everything gets done. We've got a really big group at my office and um, do all the re- resource monitoring on all the shrimp and crabs and fish and oysters and, and all that stuff. And I also have got my... Uh, um, Coast Guard license. I run the research vessel San Jacinto, um, doing all of our Gulf of Mexico work, which is uh, ever increasing the last few years with all the federal programs that we're helping with. Um, we do a lot of uh, shark tagging and stuff, and which is something cool to bring to, to camp. The kids love seeing and hearing about that. Long lining. Long lining, and then um, started the the uh, vertical long lining this last year. Looking For at some a red snapper. snapper and, and 
other stuff, but yeah, snapper is what we're really interested in. Need so, that data. Yep. So we've been um, doing some long range trips. You run out 60, 70 miles doing that. So, but uh, it's a cool job. Yeah, I see your pictures on Facebook sometimes. Yeah. They heading out. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's been like, foggy lately. I don't like the fog, but <laughs> you got to get those samples done. So. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and, and Parks and Wildlife's, you know, their support and and A and M AgriLife, you know, couldn't do it without without our partners to put these brigade camps on, and and um, you know, we have a lot of other um, people on our committee working at other agencies um, and private uh, businesses and stuff that come in and help. And um, I think we're at our main core group of our committee is what it's fifteen to. 16 people right now yeah there's about a committee of of 15 who really does the legwork to put together coastal brigade every year to make sure that our schedule is set that does our fundraising our our outreach our uh, recruitment for cadets and adult leaders to come um and uh we meet last year since it was new we met every month but we're meeting about every other month every two or three months now um that we have one camp under our belt to kind of make sure we have everything together for next year and we're, we're changing what needs to be changed and mm-hmm. uh, keeping what works and, and making sure that uh, camp's going to run well this year. Well, it sounds like for your first year that you like, knocked it out of the park and you're really pleased with how it went. Um, yeah. How many, <laughs> <laughs> how many applied last year? We, we had, had 80, 85 to 90 applications last year. Our first year. Yeah, no. So, and, you took, and you to took 30 last year? We took 30. And again, this year, we're, we're sticking with 30. That's the number that wow. we can yeah. we can accommodate and uh, keep that level of hands-on that, that we really need. But uh, we should say, if uh, people are interested in coming to camp, um, all the brigades camps are for 13 to 17-year-olds. Um, they're all over across the state of Texas. Um, and we mentioned before that you have to apply to attend. So you can find an application online at texasbrigades.org. You can apply right now. Um, applications are due by March 15th. Um, and so you just go online. You fill out it's an online application. It's pretty easy to do. And you s- select which camp uh, you prefer to go to. It's the same application for all of the camps. Um, and you pick your first, second, third choice camps. And um, Oh, so you apply it for all at one time. All of them at one time. You mm-hmm. click a box on which one you prefer. and Exactly. Okay. So, you know, you say, I want to go to Coastal, because that's number one. And then you can pick one of the other ones if, <laughs> if you need a backup plan. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's one application for all of the Texas Brigades camps, and it's on available on their website, texasbrigades.org. Wednesday, March 15th. That's the deadline. That is the deadline. Okay. I just want to make sure I have the right day. <laughs> yeah, and that goes for adults as well. Um, within the camp, you know, it's all volunteer-based, and we are we also have six adult leader um, positions that we are actively trying to get people to um, volunteer to come to camp to do that. And basically that that position is when the kids come to camp, we assign them a school school fish so we have six schools within coastal brigade and each one of those will have um, a a cadet that's been to a camp before so last year we had um, assistance from other camps since we hadn't had a coastal before this year we'll have our first group of coastal brigade assistant leaders and they kind of help run the kids through the week and guide them give them support and then we have an adult um, leader it's more of a, a mentor and tries to help keep on on task for the week and and so those are all 
don't have to pay to be in that position. Just apply through the adult leader form on the brigade's website and basically get to come hang out with us for five and a half days. Um, they usually show up the day before camp and mm-hmm. kind of get started and then there for the five days of camp and get to eat some great food for free and hang out. And, and, and the graduates that want to that wanna be leaders, they apply and they're, they're selected by the committee as have as well or is that yeah. first come first serve like yeah so the adults who come to camp they do everything that the kids do all week long um and so to help them with that we bring back what we call an assistant leader who is um, a cadet who went through camp the previous year and they earned their way to come back um okay. so when the cadets go home we send them with um teaching aids and tools and things that they've made like they put together display boards at camp that they take home with them um and we say go forth in your community and tell them what you've learned. Teach them some of the conservation things that you've taken home with you. Um, So last summer we made monofilament recycling stations um, that they all took home with them. Um, And that seems to be one of the things that uh, the kids are really talking about when they go back to their communities is this opportunity to recycle the monofilament instead of leaving it out there where it's going to get wrapped around fish and birds and turtles and, and cause all kinds of havoc. Instead, let's get this recycled and, you know, do what's right with it. So the kids go out and they, they do programs like that. They talk about Coastal Brigade, what they've learned. Um, and then they put together what we call a book of accomplishments. So basically they tell us what they've been doing in their community. Um, and that helps them earn the right to come back to camp the next year as an assistant leader. So they get to go, they choose to go through the whole thing again. Um, only they do it as more of a mentor. Yeah. Um, and so for them, it's an opportunity um, for another leadership level yeah you know they're they're leading the kids that they were the summer before um and so uh, even though it's a tough camp i mean we we keep them busy all day long and they don't sleep a whole lot um they choose to come back the next year so uh, i think that says a little bit about maybe we're doing something right if they opt to come back again yeah for sure and and we have we have a graduate with us here today hello young spence how are you doing i'm well how are you Good, man. Um, Thanks for coming here. Um, Why don't you tell us about yourself? So I'm 15 years old. I'm a freshman in high school. Uh, Last year was my second brigade camp. I attended the Bass Brigades the previous year. Uh, Then I heard about the Coastal Brigades later that year uh, when it was announced. And I was super excited about it. I live about an hour away from Galveston. And I'd always been wondering about the coastal environments. And I hadn't really known much. So I applied and I was lucky, lucky enough to get in. Uh, so I had a great time at Coastal Brigades. You know, you've been briefed on it a little bit, but <laughs> you know, the 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 camp as a cadet is even more. Y- you have to do it to understand it. You know, um, uh, when I went to Bass Brigades the first time, uh, you know, you get so many opportunities to learn about uh, you know the, the conservation in you know in inland fr- freshwater uh, fisheries, but it's an entirely different you know ship, so to speak, when you're talking about the coastal environments. So. Um, you know, last year I attended the first Coastal Brigade, which I, was, which I, which I had a great time at. And, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of outdoor activities. Uh, I have been all my life, so I can still remember some of my earliest child memories, so to speak, was uh, seeing my older brothers and my dad fly fish. And uh, when I was old enough to get my own fly rod, I started fly fishing myself. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm an outdoorsy guy. That's kind of what I do, so... When I, you know, like I said, when I heard about the Coastal Brigades, you know, that was, I, I really wanted to get in, so. So, um, talk about the week. Like, what were, what was that like? 
you know, uh, coming in, not knowing other kids, because you've been through this kind of camp twice now. Um, how, do, how does that play out as the week goes on, and what are some of the relationships you develop from these camps? Yeah, so when you, when you come to the first day of the camp, it's a five-day camp, and uh, you know, the first day you're put into your school, and there's five other, four other people in your school, so a, a five-kid school in total. And you don't know these guys. You know, maybe you've seen them at a camp before, but you know, I hadn't talked to any of the any of the schoolmates, so to speak, before. Uh, and as the week went on, uh, you know, friendships developed. You know, uh, I'm I'm hoping to see them again. I had a great time with them. Uh, the guys in my school, you know, at first we were you know all shy, you know, as expected. But you know, brigades will, so to speak, force you to get together. Not literally, but you know, <laughs> it, it's it's a very you know, as going through the same process together, all the schoolmates are, uh, you know, they develop a bond. And going into the camp, they already share a bond in, uh, you know, wanting to, you know, work with conservation and be a conservation advocate. So, you know, when you when you get to the camp, you, you kind of, like, understand who you're going to be with, w- with a general idea. Uh, and as the week goes by, you know, you learn about people and you learn about their backgrounds and, and friendships develop. Um, and you do a ton of activities together. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll go through some of the activities that we went through in the five-day camp. Uh, like as we said, we stay up all night—not all night, but maybe <laughs> <laughs> on trifold night where we're developing the trifold. But you know, on, during the five days, we do things like you know, we go out on boats. You know, we talk about, we learn about the go- the Galveston Bay. Uh, we dissect fish. Um, you know, there's presentations that we learn about. We see that professionals come in. You know, from TPWD as well, where people who uh, work in that specific field. Uh, we'll give a, a specific presentation on something, and uh, you know it's it's such a real experience um, that you just that I just haven't found at any other camps. Um, and uh, you know I've been to a few summer camps, and the brigade program, um, you know both brigades that I've gone to are, are so authentic and real and hands-on that you know it just keeps ha- having ha- having everyone come back. And I think that's why they're coming back is because you can't replicate this experience. But um, going throughout the week, you know, you, it's, it's great, you know. Um, your assistant school leader is someone who's been to a camp before. And last year it wasn't the guy hadn't gone to uh, Coastal Brigade because it's the first camp. But, um, you know, they're still able to guide you and kind of help you along the camp because, you know, it can be stressful at times because there's a lot of projects that we're given. Uh, but I think that's part of the way that, you know, the cadets and schools bond together. Um, and I think that's one of the best parts of the camp is how, you know, at the end of the, you know, the start of the camp, you see all these guys and they're all distant to each other. And at the last day, they're all in their own groups. They're talking to each other because you know they've they've hang, hung out you know throughout the camp and, and had a great time together. So, dude, how old are you? I'm 15. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm just 15. listening to you, and I'm blown away. <laughs> Dad, well, you ought to be super proud of this kid. <laughs> I mean, not only is he well spoken and articulate i mean but he has this air about him and his confidence that exudes from him and you look i'm just looking across the table i'm like this kid's going somewhere <laughs> and it probably partially because of coastal brigades but Absolutely. uh and and obviously um you've done something right so um why don't well, you tell you. us a little about that. yourself yeah we're pretty proud of him um but but to be honest if you if you'd come to a graduation ceremony at the end of the brigades you're going to see 29 other kids that are just like this. And uh, I bring my, uh, my oldest daughter uh, has come to Bass Brigade graduation and now the Coastal, and we both leave saying there's hope for America. <laughs> we see these kids and, and that they're, they're engaged, they're active, uh, they've, got, uh, 
they've got an agenda that's positive. Uh, they're, they're doing things as opposed to being passive. And uh, it really, it's a, it's, a, it's a big difference in what you kind of, the, the perception of, of the youth and the kids out there. And, and to see these guys uh, in action and, and uh, the bonds that they formed. And, and one of the things that Spence just picked, talked about and I want to pick up a little bit is uh, I think the brigade program is this incredibly subversive uh, activity whereby they're, they're seeding the entire state of Texas with, you know, what, eight times, uh, you know, 200 kids every year that that are just going to grow together. And they're, you know, in, in 15 years, they're going to be all in different walks of life, but they're going to have a connection. And that connection may be professional. You know, they may run across each other in, in business or in social circles or whatever. And they're going to have that common bond and that common um, outlook in terms of conservation and the importance of the environment to uh, to the Texas uh, state population, economy, culture, everything. I mean, the, you know, Texas is one of the most outdoor states in the country, and 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 when we are defined in a sense by our natural resources, and what 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 the brigade program is doing is they're they're putting out every every program is putting out 30 like-minded people, and some of them will end up working in the field, some of them may not, but they're going to be tied together for the rest of their lives, and their kids are going to be tied. And so, you know, Spence and I have been in airports, we've been in, in malls, and there's, you know, some guy will be, hey, Spence, how you doing? I'm like, who's that? And it's like, oh, he was in Bass Brigade. <laughs> you know, how do you know this guy? You know, and, you know, we'll go to the Houston Fishing Show, and it, it, it's, like, it's like he's going to school. I mean, there's so many people that he knows. And, and kind of, we were in, uh, we were in uh, a, a fishing shop, and this, this guy just looked at him and said, hey, I saw you give a presentation. This is an adult. Just looked and said, I saw you give a presentation, and, and you know, I'm, I'm in here buying fishing gear because of you. <laughs> oh, wow. And, I mean, that, that's the sort of thing that the brigade program is doing, and, and there's just tons of these just incredibly great examples of, of the youth of America that are, that are participating. I, I, it's the best money we spend, absolutely. I, I can't recommend it high, high enough. I mean, it is the, uh, I've got six kids. Uh, I've taught at universities. Um, I, I was a counselor at, at athletic camps when I was in college, and I think this is the best program that I've seen in my life. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. And so, Spence, when you left um, last summer after camp, what did you, what did you take back um, with you? What was your project? How did you outreach to the community? Talk about some of your post-camp experiences. Yeah, so uh, I'm also the SPL of my Boy Scout troop. And one thing I do, it's a, it's a large troop, about 80 people. And... Uh, you know, it's the perfect age range for brigades. So one thing I always do is, you know, whenever I'm with my peers in that, in that troop, I talk about what I do here. I talk about the camp. I suggest it to them. Uh, and I've seen, you know, Mr. York, he went over to my troop the other day, last Monday, and he gave a presentation about the brigades. Uh, and there was about 30 people there, and all of them showed interest. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that's really important about doing this is that you know, like my dad said, said is, you know, seeding these advocates all over Texas. And, you know, the more people that, you know, understand about brigades and conservation, I'll put them together as one, because if you go to brigades, you're going to learn about conservation. So, uh, you know, the more people that learn about the camp and conservation, they're going to go out and they're going to talk about it themselves. But, uh, you know, I also did some things like I, I made, I took a trifold home. Uh, I made a trifold on a, about the Texas brigades at camp. And I, I went over to some places in my community, like Orvis and such, and, uh, and the Houston Fly Fishing Show, uh, or Fishing Show. And I presented the trifold. I talked about the camp. Um, and I handed out brochures and got, hopefully got as many people interested as I can. Uh, and, you know, I think it's my responsibility and every, and every person who went to the camp's responsibility 
to you know go home and and uh, advocate for the brigades uh, it's it's a great program best program i've ever been in camp wise and um it's all about talking about and advocating for the camp because the things that as a cadet i, ca I can say this personally the things that i come out of the camp with from both camps are you know inteachable you know they're valuable that i won't be able to find everywhere else and you know i think it's the cadet's responsibility after camp to go home and uh and talk about it and and advocate for for it so for sure for sure yeah that's um some of the you know you're doing that outreach um post camp and y'all mentioned y'all mentioned the fishing show so i assume that there's going to be some sort of presence at the yeah houston we've got a um, we've got a booth at the houston fishing show coming up next month uh, march 8th through the 12th um we'll have some cadets there hopefully every day to help talk to people along with some of our committee members um i like going just because it's the fishing show <laughs> so um um, but yeah, and I think last year that was probably our number one source of getting the info out. Um, even though it's right up close to application deadline time, we had a lot of kids that signed up, and that's where they found out about it. Okay. And so we're making a big push there again this year, and um, um, we do several other uh, outreach events and stuff, and trying to get stuff in publications and things like that. Um, We've been to several fishing tournaments and set up booths there to try to um, get people, you know, get the word out and stuff. And, and uh, we'll be trying to do more of that as we go forward. So, One of the great parts about having the cadets go back and speak in their communities is that they come from all over the state. And so they help us spread the word all over the state, um, you know, and especially in, in Texas. Um, a lot of people don't think of Texas as a coastal state. They think of it as a state with a coast. Um, and so we really need folks to think about the coast a little bit more, even if that's not where they live. Um, and so that's one of the great things about having kids from all over the state come and really learn about the coast and the importance that it is um, to the state of Texas and then take that message back as they can help us help us um, get some more of those inland folks down here to the coast. You know, yeah. it's, it's not just the people in Houston who need to be concerned about the coast. It's the people in Dallas. It's the people in Abilene. It's the, um, you know, all over. They, they need to be concerned about our co coastal ecosystem because they're connected to it, too. Absolutely. So uh, anybody from Texas, any cadet, 13 to 17-year-old can come can down and, and hang out at the coast with us for a week. Spence, what was your favorite thing? If you could look back on just one or two things about camp, I mean, what did you enjoy, or this facility, like what did you enjoy the most? Uh, yeah, uh, so one of them I'd have to say is being able to fish on the coast. I uh, live about an hour away, so it's, it's, it's near, but I haven't really ever fished on the coast, and uh, throughout camp, we had times where we'd, we'd get rods and we'd go out on the docks and we'd fish off the fish off the piers and and I didn't catch one although I had this one bite where it took off my entire setup. You got spooled. I, I guarantee oh, it was the biggest fish. It would have been there. I guarantee it. You had uh, a Jackerville. I promise you. <laughs> so, uh, but it was it was a it was a great connection builder as well. Uh, you know, we went out and you know we talked to his friends uh, out there fishing and you know a lot of people caught stuff and um, you know it was great to see. Uh, we had a great time out there, so uh, that was one thing that I enjoyed. I also enjoyed the fly tying part of it. We he talked a little bit about how we do a little bit of fly tying. I've been fly tying for about four years now, so but I'd never delved into saltwater fly tying. So I've never done saltwater flies, um, only stuff for you know trout and stuff. But um, uh, learning about all the streamers and uh, and things that you need to tie for that uh, kind of aspect of fishing 
uh, it was really interesting because I really want to start fishing for redfish with uh, fly, uh, fly fishing mm-hmm. for redfish. And, you know, I, I tie my own flies, so, you know, why not tie my own saltwater flies? So uh, that was another aspect that I enjoyed, being able to learn about all the different flies that we tie for uh, saltwater fishing. And there, there's volleyball, sand court <laughs> down on the ground. So it looks like there's a green space for... Spence, did you have time to play volleyball last summer? Uh... I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I, I was surprised if that answer was yes. We, uh, we keep them pretty uh, scheduled tight doing um, yeah. doing a lot of stuff. So you hit the sack at night and you're just oh. cooked. <laughs> yeah, basically, um, you know, we stay up a lot of the nights, probably about 11 to 12, except for, I believe, the fourth night on for trifle night where we got done at about 2, was it? Yep, they were up making their display boards. So I think that's one of the important things to mention is is some of the projects that are ongoing throughout the week. Um, You know, we have a a lot of people that help put the camp on. And so one of the big things that we um, strive to the kids is thanking those people. Um, So they get several sponsors, donors that they write thank you notes to. Mm -hmm. And then we... Um, have the ki- the kids do it, and and we we help you know kind of show them some some different ways and and do it. Some have never wrote a thank you note before, but that's one of the big things. You, you know, these days you don't get thank yous from a lot of people. You yeah. know, everybody's always wanting something, but they won't give you nothing back, and and that's really important to impress upon these guys and, and girls. And um, but some of the other projects you know we have is um, which I know you're fully aware of being your prior time at Parks and Wildlife is we do a mock stakeholder meeting and we um, give each of the schools um, uh, I guess a vantage point like last year we had um, Robbie Byers came down and and met with us at C-Center and one of our groups was representing CCA's vantage point and and, uh, so he sat down and talked with them and kind of gave them some pointers which I think probably helped them out a little bit Um, and uh, we run a full-on public hearing, timed. Um, they have a was it? How, how long is it? I think it's three minutes yeah. to yeah. give their three prepared minutes, statements. Come up, give their statements to a board, and we were lucky to have um, two of our outreach specialists, uh, Art Morris and Tanya Wiley, um, both formerly of Parks and Wildlife, um, helped put a lot of those meetings on. Came and 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 did that for us, um, and that's uh, uh, one of the big things. I think those kids. Um, get some real life experience out of and, and i didn't know that was part of the camp i'm yeah. just impressed that it would, now is that with all the mm-hmm. other camps as well great great tool for them to have and, and, and then we make them do presentations each group has to stand up at the the last day and um, stand up with their powerpoint and give a presentation to the entire rest of the camp that's there um, we take every opportunity we can to uh, force them to stand up in front of the group and, and <laughs> speak. Um, you know, that's, I think, one of the reasons so many people are afraid of public speaking is they just haven't had the opportunity to do it so much. So we give them as many opportunities as we can find um, uh, to do it in, you know, a setting that's maybe not quite so intimidating where it's, it's supportive and, and, you know, we're, we're looking for them to succeed so that when they do go back and, and they have a crowd of 30 or 40 that they're going to stand up in front of, maybe it's not quite so intimidating to them. Yeah, and we've had a lot, um, a lot of the kids after they went through the program have actually went up to the commission meetings in Austin and, 
you know, thank Parks and Wildlife for their support and stuff. And that's all I've gotten to witness that a couple times, um, once in Austin, once here in Houston when they uh, had a meeting here. And, and uh, that's pretty cool. I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, here in Spence, I mean, these kids will go up there and, and do a great job, you know, talking about the, the brigades program and stuff. And, and um, there's a lot of other opportunities that arise for these kids, you know, throughout the year. We'll have different things come up. Um, that we can get some of the kids involved in and uh, um, we've been really lucky here lately had several uh, magazines looking for uh, articles to help out promote the camp and stuff and Spence actually just had one published in the uh, Texas Landowners Association magazine um, for their winter edition Um, and you know I think really trying to for us, you know, wanting to get as much as this as possible, yeah. you know, you know, like stuff like this podcast and stuff is really going to help with that. So, um, so Spence, how was the food? Oh, Gotta it was ask. great. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it was good food. <laughs> definitely good food. Unlike other camps, this camp had awesome food. That's definitely a plus of the camp. <laughs> <laughs> and there's um, there's a nurse or first aid on site. Mm-hmm. at all times yeah, lifeguards anything um, yeah what else white parents might be concerned about where you can just relieve their worries? one of the things if you'll see if you know uh go to our facebook page like coastal brigades that's texas brigades on facebook um almost all the pictures you'll see them having canteens with them they've got their water bottles with them 24 7 if they don't we get on to them mm-hmm. and uh just because these are in the middle of summer you know um and so we're always striving Gatorade, water, all the time. Um, and we also, um, we teach boater education as part of our curriculum. So the first mm-hmm. day they're there, they um, have the Texas Parks and Wildlife boater education come in um, and teach them. Um, if they do the online portion before they come to camp, they'll leave with their certificate. We do the in-por- in-person okay. uh, part of that certification here at camp. So before they go out on the boats, um, you know, they know all those boater safety things. They have their life jackets, their PFDs that they're required to wear. Um, they don't get on the boat without one on, mm-hmm. um, you know, all those sorts of things. So we make sure that they know how to be safe um, around the water and on the boats too. Um. What are the dates of this of, of the camp this year? Do we know? So this year it will start on a Tuesday, which is July twenty fifth. Okay. And we conclude on Saturday the 29th. So basically, um, the camp starts around lunchtime. They'll show up, you know, twelve o'clock somewhere in there, and then uh, we end on the afternoon of Saturday. And yeah, and on Saturday there'll be a graduation ceremony, lunch for the family, and the graduation ceremony to sort of wrap up the week for the kids. Okay. It's a pretty cool, a pretty cool thing to see. Yeah. Um, have all the kids come in uh, together with their schools and stuff, and get presented with their Coastal Brigade pins and certificates, and and um, we do a lot of uh, the schools are competing against each other all week for prizes for different things and they get points for for different things throughout and we keep a tally um, we do something called redfish trivia um, it's kind of like jeopardy um, we'll go around they've all got buzzers and they'll answer as a group buzz in first they get to answer the question um, we have to do a round robin with the instructors and um, at, the, at the end of the week all these are added up and we'll have a top school 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that that group will get to go on a fishing trip, which we've got the one for this past summer is getting ready to take place here in a couple of weeks. Um, like a guided yeah, trip? Yeah, we're going to have about four four boats going out um, and uh, on that here in Galveston Bay. And then uh, we have Top Cadet, um, usually get some nice stuff with our fishing tournament. You know, we have places for that. Um, we do... A lot of other different things, journaling, photography, stuff like that, we'll, we'll give out prizes for. And that's probably been my biggest job the last years. I've kind of spearheaded all that, you know, trying to get stuff donated for the kids. All the fundraising is, efforts for camp. Yeah, which is uh, um, yeah, yeah. So quite it's, a bit. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's $500 tuition for uh, the kids, but with 30 kids, that doesn't cover our entire cost of camp. So we rely a lot on donations and, and funders. Um, CCA was a great funder for us last year. Um, hopefully we'll be again. Um, but, uh, you know, scholarships for the kids and all of that, that, you know, if you're listening to this and it's something that you think you would be interested in, um, we'd be happy to, to take some donations from folks and mm-hmm. um, help kids like Spence uh, keep coming to camp, helping, um, you know, all of our fund we raise all the funds that it takes to, to put on camp. Yeah. Like I said, probably about half of it comes from the tuition for the kids, but the rest of it, we're out there hustling, trying to trying to bring the funds in to make sure that these kids can have the camp that uh, that Spence has talked about that's been so important in his life. We can help keep helping the kids. And you get a cool shirt. Is that oh, part of the deal? Yeah. You're yeah. wearing it now, and it's, it's slick, a, it's man. A, it's a great shirt. <laughs> Dad wants one. Yeah, and last summer... <laughs> They they got hats and then they got the um the buffs too since we have them yep. out on the water we wanted to make oh, sure yeah, they smart. had the yeah. the extra um, protection from those so those neck wrap buffs that go over your head and mm-hmm. help keep the sun off a little bit. Which is probably one of the coolest things I think we did because we were trying to think of ways of identifying. This is a pretty big facility. Keeping the kids, you know, we know which ones in which group. Yeah. And so we had color coordinated buffs. Each school each school had was a different, a different color. Um, we, uh, um, Charis and I had traveled to ICAST in 2015 and trying to get support for the camp and stuff. And, and, uh, that was one of the coolest, I think, booths we stopped at is those buffs are made completely out of water bottles. They're recycled material. Was it the buff, buff company? Was no, it it's a, a company called, F- uh, Function Wear. And then their okay. fish mask was their, the company that we got them from. But, um, they did a really cool job. They're really nice. And, um. We'll be using them again. So just, yeah. I mean, being recycled, that was pretty, pretty cool. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're always looking. We've had a lot of support from a lot of local fishing companies. Um, too many to mention, but we're always looking for more. So if know. somebody did want to sponsor or donate, what, what avenues do they need to go through to do that? Um, they can reach out to me um, or go to the Texas Brigade's website. Um, but uh, I don't know the best way to get my information out. Maybe we can attach it to the Facebook thing. Sure. But, yeah, we can link it up. We can link my email on there um, or message us on the Facebook page, okay. on the Coastal Brigade's Facebook page. There's, um, um, there is a PayPal link on the Coastal Brigade's. Yes. Uh, Facebook page uh, that you can okay. donate no directly button. to Coastal Brigade through PayPal. And it's oh. all tax deductibles, five hundred one c three. I said it takes a lot, a lot of stuff to put imagine. together for all these kids. But I think they they got quite a load last year, so yeah. we had you know everybody got a tackle box. And like a, a you got a goodie bag and, and yeah. 
It's more than a goodie bag. <laughs> see if we can do better this year. So sweet. I mean, all the camps are like that. I mean, all the camps really work hard um, to try to. You know, these kids work really hard through the five days, and they earn everything they get to take home. Um, and uh, one of the one of the big things, you know, with um, kids coming back as the assistants is at all the camps. Once they're selected for that, they do get college scholarships. So we're hoping to. Uh, have hopefully this year you know a pretty good chunk to hand out you know i'm looking my goal is to get ten thousand dollars to divvy up between those six kids so we're really working on trying to get that in and, and looking for support there um but it's just something another incentive you know to get them to help you know going into college and stuff yeah, yeah. so fascinating man this is um I'm looking forward to being involved in this, and yeah. um, this is, I'm getting jazzed up just hearing <laughs> about this stuff. <laughs> it's real sounds, I, Spence. I wish I was in had this opportunity when I was your age because this sounds like a, just a just a great place to be and a great experience to go through. Oh yeah, it really is. Um, you know, I'm 15 now, so I've got two more, three more years of uh, being eligible for the camp. So hopefully, I'll be able to maximize the brigade experience in that time <laughs> so Nate <laughs> um. yeah. well I think one of the other things real quick is you know we, when we were starting coastal brigade we were really looking everywhere where do we have it where are we going to hold this camp and and uh, there's a lot of places on the coast but being a youth camp it has to be youth licensed um, have to have all the facilities that we need and we have a pretty big group here throughout the week. We have about 70 people here with us, including the kids. And uh, this is pretty much the only place on the on the coast that we could hold this. And so we've been really uh, happy with Sea Star Base and everything they did for us last year. So <laughs> thanks, David. <laughs> yeah, this facility was a perfect fit for the camp. Um, as a cadet, there's it was like it was like a match made in heaven. Like <laughs> there was everything you needed in the facility that the camp could need. And, uh, you know, it, it, you know, you can have a great camp, but you know, not having a great facility can, you know, kind of deter the, the results, but having a great cons- facility only, you know, it adds so much to the experience. So, yeah, I saw yeah. the bunks and the rooms <laughs> and the, the facilities and they're really nice. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, I they're hesitate not really to call it, it here. Uh, I mean, it's a camp, but it's not. It's not. It's different. <laughs> oh man! Well, that's awesome. Um, y'all have David. Do you have any concluding thoughts? Y'all can kick that thing on if you if you do. Anything you want to share? It's okay if not. You don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted to to say if you guys wanted to get involved with anything that we're doing at the facility here you can go to our facebook page uh, uh, I, th- I believe it's facebook.com slash ssb galveston or you can go to our webpage um, sbgalveston.org and find out about what we have coming up uh, and you can join our community sailing um, membership and come out sailing whenever you want i was thinking I mean, my kids would love to get on that catamaran or whatever you know vessel would be going out on a sunday and uh do you see dolphins? Because that's really what my girls want to do. <laughs> go look at dolphins. Uh, they've only had one dolphin that's ever visited off its bayou. Kind of a, a loner, strange one that comes out here. But when we take the um, the schooner Sundays through the ship channel, they just about always see dolphins out there. That's what I wanted to know. 
Is there a dolphin guarantee? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no dolphin guarantee. <laughs> Ron, do you have any, any concluding thoughts? Yeah, the, the combination, I mean, the, this, this facility is unbelievable. I mean, you've, you've said it, you've seen it, and, and getting people down here to actually see it, I mean, we can talk, but, but the facility and the, and the programs they run out of here are great. Spence has also been involved in the, the, the REACH program that uh, David talked about earlier and, uh, and some other issue, things with the Boy Scouts. So the facility's great, and then when you throw on, the, on top of it the, the brigade and the professionalism and the, uh, the hands-on and kind of the, the pragmatism and the, the involvement of the, of the, uh, of the brigade program, you, it just, it's a win-win for everybody involved in, in, and the state as well. Awesome. Mr. Future Governor, uh, do you have anything, <laughs> <laughs> anything you want to say? Uh, He's the intern for Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing much, but uh, you know, thanks for having me on. Thank you for having me on. Um, you know, this is a great way to get the word about this camp out. Um, you know, it's great to you know hopefully have as many people as possible hear about this. So you know, use as many means as possible, and you know. I can only express through, you know, I, I can say I can talk all I want, but, um, you know, you kind of have to do the camp to understand how great it is. And uh, I encourage anyone uh, who's interested to, to, you know, to, to apply and, and get in. And it's a great camp. So awesome. How about you, Derek? Yep. No, it's true what he said. Um, you know, when we started, we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. I never would have imagined we'd be doing this seven, eight years later, having our own program and, and uh, takes a lot of time you know but we love it and um, um, I think everybody should at least try at one time and I've seen so many people that come to the camp and and um, they're there for giving a presentation or something for you know 30 minutes an hour or whatever and they're like, man you know I want to come back and be a part of this next year and they're there all week you know <laughs> now we can't get rid of them so <laughs> but um you know it's 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 a really unique program. Um, not to sound, I guess, bad or anything, but I was like, if if I didn't think it did good by these kids, I wouldn't waste my time with it. And this is a proven. I've been around for 25 years, and it's only going to grow. So, um, Texas Brigades is where it's at. <laughs> awesome, Shars. Yeah. So. I never thought we'd be starting a, a summer camp. You know, we have busy lives. We have other things that we're doing. You have kids. I mean. we, we have kids. I mean, when... when Young kids, right? And that was the best <laughs> thing for the sleep deprivation of kid was having a newborn. Um, oh, it prepares you. It yeah. Prepares I mean, you summer camp after sleep. having a newborn, it was nothing. It was so easy. Yeah. You can run on two hours. <laughs> I, I was getting more sleep at camp than I was at home. It was great. You no. stay at home tonight, honey. I'm going to be... <laughs> Um, no, but, you know, I, I never thought we'd be starting a camp. I'm, I'm super excited about Coastal Brigade. Um, I was really happy with the first year, and I hope we have a lot of years to come. And, uh, you know, part of what makes camp so great is the kids um, and their willingness to come and, and to participate. And so I just want to reiterate again that applications are out right now, camps for 13- to 17-year-olds, um, texasbrigades.org. You can apply to all eight camps. Um, go online, check out the application, and, and submit it. 
and camps not just for kids we need those adult leaders too who are willing to come out and have that camp experience and and do all the hands-on things as well and so um, adult leader applications are also available at the website texasbrigades.org and they're due at the same time march 15th Um, so please go check it out and um, help us spread the word if there's someone uh, an adult or a kid that you think needs to know about camp please uh, send them our way yeah absolutely and we'll put this out hopefully give people plenty of time to listen to it and and and, and apply if they're interested. And um, March 15th, Come Texas see us Brigade, at the fishing Brigades.org. They'll be at the fishing show. Yep. Um, they have a booth set up there all week, right? The whole, yep. the whole time? Okay. Yep. All right. Hey, I want to I want to commend you to uh, Mr. and Mrs. York for doing this <laughs> because um, it does not sound like an easy thing to take on and, and to – to spearhead so um on behalf of cca mm-hmm. on behalf of uh just the general public thank you i mm-hmm. think it's pretty awesome what you guys are doing it was pretty cool the first year was a struggle getting everything together but we had a great group of committee members um you know always say you couldn't do it without them but we couldn't and uh we spent a lot of time the second year is going to be much easier logistically because we have been through the camp now um, we're not going to be making a meet us every four weeks like we <laughs> did for a year last year. So, um. Well, and it's it's a great experience for us, too. I mean, to see kids like Spence, there's kids that we've seen from, from Bass Brigade where we, when we taught them and, you know, seeing um, them grow and change and what they've become, it's it's rewarding for us, too. You know, it's we get something out of it. So it's a great experience on our side as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, that's the podcast. Thank you all. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you.